Hi, I'm Pete Seligman. Welcome to the Next Step Podcast. In this season, we're going to be focusing on search, search funds, entrepreneurship through acquisition, and all things related to that community and that ecosystem, particularly focusing on how can we build the marketplace in Australia and start to encourage more searchers to come to market and get to the point where they can own, operate their own business. On this episode of The Next Step, I speak to Louis Pangiarella. He's the founder of Wayfinder Capital, and he's also the founder of Second Squared, both of which are active contributors and participants in the search fund ecosystem here in Australia and a really exciting lens through which to look at this model of search. They founded Second Squared a couple of years ago to try and really build the community of searches here in Australia, and they've just recently founded Wayfinder as Australia's first institutional fund focusing on the search fund model. We cover a whole range of things in this discussion given Louis' depth and breadth of understanding of search and search fund asset class as an opportunity for searchers and operators. And also we delve into a bit more the concept of the fund that he's raising and how that's going to contribute to the growth of the model here in Australia. There's a range of really interesting things that he touches on for both investors and searchers alike. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Good morning, Louis. Thanks very much for joining us this morning. It's great to have you on this episode of The Next Step. And what I'm trying to do with this series of episodes is really get under the hood of the various aspects of search, particularly as it relates to the Australian market, but also more broadly. And there's a couple of things that you've been doing over the last few years, which are a little bit unique in the Australian market and have some basis in some things that have been done offshore, but it'd be great to dig under the bonnet of those things. But before we get started, what brought you to search in the first place? Like, How did you find out about it? And then what made you engage so deeply in it? Thanks, Pete. Serendipity plays an interesting part in our kind of journey to search. If I think back over my corporate career and my consulting career, I had done within a captive corporate, effectively captive searches. So searching for M&A opportunities. And my business partner, AC, has done the same. The serendipity piece is in a week in 2017, we both independently heard the word search fund three times and we're catching up for breakfast and we were just saying, you know, have you heard of this thing? And we both said no. And then we did some research and that formed the basis of this actually should be here in Australia. And at that stage, there were a few, we then found a couple of self-funded searches. Richard Hernan was one and Nick Bamford was another and Matt Kopp, but really decided that it should be here in Australia. So we thought, how can we make that happen? First thing we ended up doing was contacting people in the US and having some really interesting conversations over Zoom and the phone. And then that morphed into attending Harvard for the conference and then, you know, forming what is now Second Squared. Yeah, wow. And what was, I'm interested in, from an Australian perspective, the attributes of the market that make it appropriate for search. When you had that first conversation with AC and you were both like, this has got to be here in Australia, what are the fundamentals of the Australian market that you think lend itself towards the model of search? There was a couple of things that actually were happening at exactly the same time. One was we were both advising small businesses who were in transition and transition that were was forced upon them you know, by one of the three events that happens with an owner, you know, either illness, death or divorce. So we're actually both engaged with two separate owners on one of those transition events and it was in a hurry. Unfortunately, one of those businesses ended up disappearing simply because we couldn't manage the transition fast enough. And an otherwise very good business disappeared in WA. 
that story plays out and we were seeing it play out quite a lot within our coaching circles and coaching clients. But when you take a step back and then look at Australia as a place to search, you know, Australia has one of the highest percentages of GDP generated by small and medium businesses. It also has one of the highest percentages of employers in small to medium business, much more so than the States even. And it has the same transitional or generational transition issues. You know, we have a wide swath of baby boom owners who are varying degrees of planning, you know, planning in terms of either second generation or exit to an, an outside family member. One of the uniquely Australian pieces, though, is we don't really prepare our second generation to take over the family business. And it's just not done in the same way as it's done in, in particular, some parts of Asia. So add all that together, a economy where small and medium business makes up a significant part, it not being culturally normal to hand over to a second generation. Search is one aspect of a solution that Australia needs. Mm. There's an important part that the startup world can play in making sure that we're constantly getting this renewal of business ideas and business development. But equally, there's a huge role that something needs to play in making sure that all of these great businesses that have been around for a while don't die. And that's where, for me, this search model really kicks in because some of these businesses are just frankly too small for other forms of investment because you really do need that operator, that searcher to come in and be engaged in that growth process. Because like you say, second generation, they've got other things that are sort of motivating and tying them in with the legacy of their family and all those kinds of things. Whereas if someone's coming fresh, they really need a certain level of engagement and, and that's what the search model can bring. Yeah, look, I'm a product of the second generation. So my family actually, I had a family business that I took over for a period of time while father was unwell. But what I learned from that is he actually set me off to do my studies and do all the things that made me who I am today that actually meant I didn't want to be in that small family business anymore. I wanted to go and have my corporate career. Yeah. And that's actually more Australian than coming up and staying in the family business. It doesn't say it doesn't happen. And I've seen some quite successful transitions, but it's not the norm here. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, the tens of thousands of businesses that are going to go through this over the next few years, yep. even if there was a large proportion that did transition to second, third generation, there's still going to be a large amount that just yep. won't. Yeah, and the numbers are always a bit murky. Mm. But in Australia, there's around 60,000 businesses that are in that 5 to $20 million revenue range that are privately owned, mm. you know, that are 20 to 200 businesses. Mm. Yeah, at a guess, and the stats on this are both transparent but also old, you know, only a third of those actually have transition formal transition plans. Mm. There's a big gap there. And so at that point, how long did it take you from that week where you both heard the word <laughs> through to actually then changing the way in which you were doing things to start to really engage? And yeah. I guess that came with Second Squared. Like, how yeah, did that sec process take place? Se Second Squared was formed nine months later, and it really became a vehicle for us to enable search in Australia. We did make a mistake using the word accelerator at one stage. Mm -hmm. And um, I know you know that story. Mm -hmm. you know, the, we aren't an accelerator in the US sense of the word accelerator. We formed a view that what Australia needed was the development of the community. Mm -hmm. And the community in other parts of the world encompasses both academic investors, searchers, and supporters. The lever we thought we could help pull that would get will kickstart the community was the formation of the searcher mm. and finding people who were either already searching or 
needed some help to get searching, either through development or coaching or just pointing in the right direction. So Second Squared for the last three years and still now helps searchers find information that they need, introduces them to other searchers, holds a community call every month so that searchers can come in and actually talk to each other. The best community calls are the ones that we don't talk. Mm. It's just become a forum for the searchers. And what have you learned about searches in Australia through that process? You must have seen a lot come and go. Probably some people kick the tyres and then walk away. Others get truly enamoured with it and stay engaged. What have you learnt about not only searches and the characteristics of a searcher, but also particularly as it relates to Australia and, and what you see in this market? Yeah, probably the most interesting thing that we found is the overemphasis on search. And I know when we go through our process, because Second Square does assessments that dovetail into something else, which I know we'll talk about. You know, we're not looking for a searcher. Mm. We're looking for the person who has the capability to be a great CEO mm. of a small to medium-sized business and take it on a really good journey. There's the overemphasis on the search. The search is just a very narrow part of a seven to 15-year journey. But we all talk about search. You know, we mm. call it search funds. We mm. call each other searches you know, and we introduce searches. Yeah. It's such a small part. Yeah. And the, the characteristics to be a successful searcher are not necessarily the characteristics you need to be a successful CEO. Yeah. The one thing that we've learned is the overfocus on search. Yeah. The other thing we've learned, and it's been we've been blessed to learn in some ways, is how the searchers evolve and change through their own journeys in search. Mm. It's a wonderful thing to observe and in some cases be part of. It's interesting, and we're both working with some of the same searches at the moment, yep. and it, it is really interesting, even within the first three, six, and nine months. And it's I think it's a great lead indicator if at the end of each of those phases, those people come back and they say, I realised that I was wrong, or I realised I was heading in the wrong direction, or I'd overemphasized this or that, and now I've changed tack to look at something different or take a different approach. Because to your point around who's going to be a good operator, like who's going to be a good CEO, having that ability to self-reflect and then change direction is really, really important. And so seeing them do that through that search phase, I think is a good indicator that when they do make that acquisition and get into operation, that they'll be in a good position to do so. Absolutely. The flexibility to take the feedback that they're getting from Mm. lots of different sources and then mould their approach. And that approach is their approach. Mm. So, you know, I've had a recent conversation with a, a searcher who looked at a business in the first six months of his search and loved that business. Now, 12 months later, he's looking back at it and going, I would never buy that business again. Mm. You know, I'd never go through that process again, even though it is still a fundamentally good business. Yeah. And that, one of the first pieces we see the searchers develop is actually what good looks like. Mm. And it's something that we talk to a lot of the searchers at the beginning is, it's going to take three to six months before you can distinguish what a good business looks like from an average business not just from a metrics perspective. Yeah, because it's not only just good, it's what's good for you as well. Like one of the things so fundamental about search is it's not just finding a good investment, it's finding a good vehicle for that particular searcher to to operate. I mean, even if you think about the searches that we've got active right now in Australia, a deal that would be bad for one, if I think about the particular people, might be fantastic for another one and vice versa, right? Because of their experience, their approach, you know, what their appetite is for certain kind of aspects of a deal. So it is a very personal thing. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And so the second swear journey has taken you over the last couple of years to really develop this community of searchers. And I imagine a very good lens, you know, the, the thing you were mentioning there around 
the ability to recognize a good business is that pattern recognition, right? It's how do I see the patterns and quickly determine whether or not this is something for me. I imagine you've had a similar kind of development in what the pattern recognition is for a searcher. How would you, and I know it's a tough question because I think that searches come in all different shapes and sizes, right? (laughs) But how would you pick out what are those attributes that make a good searcher and almost, you know, what I would like to be able to do with this is for anyone that's listening to this, considering whether search might be right for them, what are the questions they should ask themselves? I'll go back a step. So what we look for is what's a good searcher? We look for someone who has the capability to be a great CEO mm. who can survive to use a search. Yeah. And, yes. And we prioritise <laughs> it in that order. I like that. I like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Can ser- you do the job and the job is in two years' time, can you survive the first two years to That's actually right. get to the job? Yeah, yep. it's good. And so when we, and Second Square did this, when, when we first decided that we were going to create a set of, set of characteristics, we actually went through a, an interesting kind of journey with a whole bunch of entrepreneurs we went with that we knew and who we call entrepreneurs and some of them call themselves business owners. Mm. So we brought them all into a room and actually extracted from them what they saw as the ideal characteristics and then put that through a machine that was allowed us to distill what we call an Aussiepreneur. Mm. And that's not someone necessarily who's great for a startup. It's just someone who's really great at growing businesses and they could go into any kind of type of business but and get some growth and value for not just themselves but actually the employees, the investors and Australia. Mm. Um, so I won't go through all of them. We've got mm. seven. We've got yeah. seven characteristics that are quite formulaic, and we generally only talk about a few of them. Mm. You know, one is just cognitive ability. It's easy to overlook it, but in these small to medium businesses, you often are the one person that's going to have to make decisions on a range of different issues day in day out, and you need the ability to be able to switch your mind on and off on the problem you're dealing with and move to another kind of different problem very quickly. So that ability to task switch and actually do it in a mentally disciplined way Mm. is really important. The other things that we talk about is, let's just call it get shit done. Mm. In these small to medium-sized businesses, even when it gets hard, and it does get hard at times, you need the ability to actually push through that and keep focusing on getting stuff done. Mm. The other one that's closely related is around the decision-making on that piece. So not only do you need the ability to keep going yourself personally and drive, you also need the ability to keep making decisions. And it's something that's often that we've seen often overlooked where you can be the best analytical person, but often that can make you, freeze you into the analysis rather than, I need to make a decision now. Yeah. There's a core ability that we also look for, which is around the ability to build relationships. And for us, that means being able to open, open doors and build trusting relationships. And that can be with both investors customers and employees mm. doesn't need to doesn't mean ne- mean that you need to be the most gregarious person but you need to be able to engage they're the three that we talk about yeah. three or four that we talk about the most often and then there's you know stuff around values and principles you know all of the searches in australia not because we've selected them but because they are they are generally just good human beings mm. yeah and they've got an aspiration to do this work as a career and then give back to the community. Yeah. It's not a clean path, right? Like you're going to get dirty along the way. There's going to be times that are tough. So you really have to enjoy that piece. You can't just do it for the outcome 
I find you have to actually enjoy that struggle and almost enjoy that struggle, whether it's, as you say, from a cognitive perspective or whether it's from a people challenge point of view or how do I build that relationship to get the best outcome, enjoying those challenging moments through navigating each of those aspects. I think you actually need to enjoy the struggle as opposed to just want to be focused on the outcome all the time because it's definitely not easy. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now let's move a little bit more to the recent history. And so, again, with another bit of a first for their market, you've launched Wayfinder. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? And then we might kind of talk about what that means for this market and what that looks like in other markets globally as well. Yeah. So Wayfinder falls out of Second Square to some extent. So Second Squared was the enabler of the community and over the last three years since Nick Bamford, who mm. I know you've yeah. spoken to on yeah. this, Nick was the first searcher to make an acquisition mm. after you because mm. you, know, mm. you, you now call yourself a searcher <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you were. <laughs> yeah. But So you think of the last three years, Nick was the first searcher to make an acquisition. Mm. Since Nick, there's been another eight. Mm. And that's gave us the confidence to say, what's the next phase for this community? And the next phase is actually an institutional investor mm in Australia that's focused on Australian search. There are individuals who invest in search funds, but not anyone who does it at the scale that some of the international investors do. We formed Wayfinder, and that's myself, Ak and Nima, Mm. to really create that fund of search funds Mm. where go through the same assessment processes that we do normally. And we think 16 search funds over the next four to five years, as well as a number of self-funded searches. Yeah, so, right. So we'll do both. Yeah, okay, um, okay. So leave capacity a bit for self-funded acquisitions as well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Are you thinking that that'll roll out relatively evenly, so sort of th- three to five each year, or is there a bit of a build-up process that you're having to go through at the moment to make sure there's enough volume in the market in yeah, the next we, 12 months? There's enough volume in the self-funded space. As of today, there's two self, there's two funded searches and one searcher th- through an accelerator in mm. Australia. There's another fund that's being raised in that should land in August. Mm. And there's a couple of others that are considering raising a fund. Mm. We think that we'll, we'll average four a year in the funded space, but the early investments will be predominantly self-funded and then it'll kind of even out over the four-year period. Yeah, gotcha. So we, we kind of view the, the $25 million way of finding a fund 16 funded searches. Not all of those will result in acquisitions mm. and eight self-funded search, yeah, contributions in equity to self-funded searches. Yeah. You will be a fund of funds in the same way that you see globally where you'll co-invest alongside all the other search fund investors with any of the particular funds that are raised, right? Rather than being kind of an exclusive holistic funder as you would have in more of an accelerator type model. I would say we've tried to adopt the international model as much as possible because it works. Mm. So we think on in most search funds, will be around that 20% mark. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't matter whether it's self-fund, sorry, doesn't matter whether it's a sole search or a partnership, around 20%. That gives us the capacity to take extra if there's a shortfall yeah. at deal stage or, and even with the self-funded, we think we'll be around that 20, 30%. Yeah. We don't want control. Yeah. You know, we'd rather spend our time making sure the person is the right person mm. and then back that person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great because I think from memory, a lot of the guys that have raised funds so far have had to have had to look offshore, not only for the private investment, but also definitely the institutional investment so far. And that makes it just really difficult to get that momentum, not least of which because even if you speak to some of the US investors particularly, they don't have 
and frankly, it's a factor of our market, there's not enough track record yet to get a really good perspective on what search in Australia might look like. You know, the demographics, as we were discussing earlier, completely match up with the kind of demographics that should suit a good search. But I think it's really hard for offshore investors to get that kind of local comfort. So the more local domestic investment we get, whether it's individuals or institutions, that should also drag more international investment in. We have a dialogue with a few international investors around the Australian market, not so much effectively to give them more data. Mm. The the thing that we have the benefit of saying is not just the the funded guys, we get to see the self-funded ones. Mm. So you know, in conversation with a US investor recently, they were surprised that there were nine acquisitions. Mm. Four of those were of a size where they would absolutely have suited a traditional funded search. Yeah. You know, they were of a size and scale where it met all the criteria. The person's individual circumstance meant that a self-funded search suited them better. But in all other regards, they would have been perfect acquisitions for a funded search. Yeah, and and equally, potentially, if the searchers here in this market have a better understanding of what the offshore investment appetite is, then they're in a position where they can access those funds as well. I mean, I've spoken to kind of family offices in South America and, you know, you've got the guys in South Africa with the Amber Partners guys um, and plenty of institutions in, in the U.S., the more that we can demonstrate that there's money that's coming in behind this model, the more appetite we can develop on the other side of the equation with the searches around the fact that this is actually a real pathway. Yeah, if you the two that are funded, you know, Greg and Alex, mm. and the partnership that's starting in the, in the next three months, mm. all have a similar story. The international investors want to see around or at least half of the local content of investors, mm. in part because that's because it gives them someone to talk to as well here. You know, they, it's very difficult if you're in the US to jump on a call, uh, whereas we can do that here. Yeah, absolutely. And so what, what's your view on the international perspective of Australian search? Like what, what's our reputation for search here when you uh, speak to people offshore? Yeah, look, it's, it's mixed. You know, it d- depends on how close they are to the market. When we talk with the international investors around there being nine to date, that's a surprise. Mm. Um, the thing that will change that to some extent is continuing to communicate what's happening as well as Alex getting away, Greg getting away, and Rob getting away with their semi-ventures. So that will be a significant milestone for the industry and the community, really. They're definitely not close to it, but the track record will help. Yeah, so we just need to keep telling them about it and just keep them up to speed to make sure they know that it's here and keep introducing them to the opportunities as they come and talking through the success you know, as that comes as well. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely not close to it. Yeah. From an investor perspective, if you were speaking to even a a private investor or a high net worth or a family office about the model, what would you say are the standout benefits of search funds as an asset class as opposed to any other thing that they might be thinking about putting their money into? I'll probably answer that another way because we've had to shorten our conversations with investors because it is a somewhat esoteric view of the world. Mm. And so we normally start the conversation this way. What do you think creates more value, the person running the business or the deal? Mm. And if the answer is the deal, then it's actually a really short conversation Yeah. because that's not where we add value. It's not where the searches add value. Where the answer is the person running the deal, the the question is really why wouldn't you invest in someone before they've got a deal? Because that's all the If you know that's where the value is coming from. Yep. Yeah. And we don't extol the benefits of search. 
because search funds confuse people. Mm. Yeah, the minute you in- introduce the word fund into something, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It, it becomes. A <laughs> I've conversa- had that same challenge. Yep, it, yeah. you, you end up in this weird conversation yeah. around what yeah. what is what is that? Yeah, how do the fees work? Yeah. All that. Yeah, fundamentally, what we do is we see really good people. We believe that they have the ability to add value for themselves, their investors, the employees, and Australia, and we invest in them mm. and we give them the runway to go and buy a really good business, Hmm. not a cheap business. Hmm. And that's one of the other things Hmm. that that is unique to this model. It's not a cheap in and out, you know, we'll buy buy cheap, sell high or gear it up. It's a, we're buying it, you know, these searches are buying it to create intrinsic value, Hmm. not a quick flick. Yeah. It's a great question. And and that self-selection of investment appetite is perfect. Like if you fundamentally believe that it's all about how you do a great deal on the way in and the way out, that's fine because there's good money to be made doing that approach, but it just doesn't suit this. And so therefore everything you look at just isn't going to fit for you. Whereas if you are, you know, behind the fact that in operation is where the value is created for businesses like that, then everything you get shown is going to make sense. Then you, you if you, if we think of it as Wayfinder, we, we talk about it as having 16 of those guys mm. and girls yeah, that spend you know, up, to years of the, up to two years of their life looking for a great business to buy. Mm. Yeah, that's an extraordinary commitment mm. and, a, and self, in self-belief for someone who wants to do that because they fundamentally believe that they can do it and they want to find a great business, they want to buy it, and then they want to run it. Mm. These guys are already committed. So yeah, we're just enabling that to happen. Mm. And so before we wrap up, the thing that I'd be keen to hear is uh, like one of the things that I'm definitely focused on at the moment is trying to attract all of those elements of the community, right? Speaking to the banks, speaking to the advisors, the investors, all, and just, you know, we're all trying to do what we can to get as many people to the marketplace as possible because then we can build that momentum. When it comes to those people out there who might be searchers, What would you say to those people right now that have potentially tuned in to listen to this to think, you know, they're currently either in a corporate job or they've tried a few things themselves and they're wondering about whether or not this model might suit? What would you say to them to say, these are the things you need to think about over the weekend or next time you've got a break to consider whether or not this might suit you? Rather than thinking, actually do something. Hmm. Yeah, the the conversation we have most often when when a searcher contacts us is who have you spoken to? Mm. And yes, speak to us, but go and speak to actually 20 searches, mm. whether, they're the 20, whether they're the 30 odd that we've seen in Australia at various points in time or the, the hundreds that are overseas. Go and speak to a searcher about what it's really like. Go and speak to a searcher that has failed to acquire. Mm. Go and speak to a searcher who is in their business and what they found. Mm. And then do the homework, you know, the yeah. homework around yeah, you know, where where are my interests and how do my interests align with with search? Yeah, it's a great suggestion because the community also is so open to that, much more than a lot of other kind of industrial or business communities. Everyone will take your call. Like in the process that I've been through over the last kind of 12, 18 months, getting introduced to that community, everyone is completely open globally. The, the kind of conversations I've had have just been amazing and the doors are open. So it's a great suggestion. Everyone just needs to kind of – and once you get introduced to one person, they'll introduce you to three more and, you know, it'll just That's cascade right. from there. The, the, the challenge that we see with most with the people that come in is the first question they've got to answer and, and the 
talking to these searchers will help them. The first question they're going to they're have to answer is, are they buying themselves a job or are they buying mm. themselves a business that they're going to run and own? Mm. They'll get that difference by talking to the other searchers. Mm. And then, you know, we're happy to talk to anyone. Yeah. Fantastic. Thanks very much for your time, Lou. I Thanks, really Pete. appreciate it. It's great. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, please jump onto LinkedIn and find the group Search and ETA Australasia. You can also send me a direct message and I'd be keen to connect. 